Hey guys, um, this is Sam. <laughs> I know it's been it's been a while since you've heard from me on this podcast. About a whole year, actually. There's been a lot of exciting things that have happened in my life that have just taken priority. Um, I spent like four months in San Diego working with an experiential dinner company called Secret Table. That was super cool. I got to like help design these multi-sensory events and build community and work with a world-class chef. I did a TED Talk, which I'll share with you guys soon. And um, the last three months, I've been living in Guatemala, creating a co-living experience for location-independent entrepreneurs and creators. So yeah, I've let some other things take priority. But um, if I'm being honest with you, I think I've also been scared to start this podcast up again. See, I approached the first season of Radically Different as a work of art. I wanted it to be perfect and beautiful. My mantra was, do the work. And I was okay with spending like 30 hours on one episode. And even though podcasting and interviewing was all new to me, I think the work showed. But the problem is that I set the bar pretty high for myself. And it was just a lot of work to do what I was doing. And so I took a break. And then I lost steam. And that break turned into a year. But here we are. Um, It's April 2020. Coronavirus has taken over the world. I actually fled Guatemala on the last flight out of the country to the U.S. before they sealed their borders. I had to postpone the co-living project. And now I'm home with my family in Montana. And so here we are. (laughs) The economy is crashing. People are dying. Everyone is self-quarantining. Plans have been canceled. And the world has been locked down. And I think this is a time of contraction. And at least for those of us who are not on the front lines fighting this virus, I think it's also a time that many of us are taking to pause, to look inward, and to reflect on why we're doing what we're doing and what really matters most. And as we move through this time, who do we want to become on the other side of it? And for me, it's been a a thought-provoking time. My sister will be graduating college in May, and she'll be in a similar place that I was when I started this podcast. And then on a personal note, um, today is my 25th birthday. I'm halfway through my 20s, and I've been thinking a lot about how I want to spend the second half. So normally on this podcast, I explore lifestyles and career paths that break from the American norm. But today, and on the episodes that follow, we're going to do something a little different. Um, I want to share with you some conversations that I recorded over a year ago on the topic of how to spend your 20s. The people that you'll hear from are mentors of mine, people that I look up to and that have interesting perspectives about how to live that I personally can get behind. In a way, I'm glad that I waited this long to share these because in them, we touch on topics like revolution, purpose, and the preciousness of life. And these are all things that I think are even more relevant and meaningful right now. So I invite you to listen, take what you like from the conversations and let me know what you think. All right, without further ado, let's go. All right, go ahead and talk to me for a second. So how's it going? Welcome back. When's the next adventure? Uh, So that guy, our guest today, his name is Dr. Thomas Donovan. Uh, He's a professor at Montana State University, and um, he teaches a seminar class on the topic of death. 
It's called Death Becomes Us. Nice. You sure this is close enough? You know how um, some people have this thing where when they're talking, it's like you're listening to a poem? That's this guy. He has said some things to me that have shifted the way I view the world. I'll go climb the bridges, throw myself in a snowdrift and call it a day. Better not record this shit. <laughs> it's all getting recorded. So, yeah, I've been lucky enough to develop a friendship yeah, with well, Professor true. Donovan over the course of the last several years. He's the kind of guy who it seems has lived many different lives. I have. He's 69 years old. He's been through a lot. And when I was thinking about this really big, unanswerable question, he seemed like just the right person to ask. All right, I'm just going to start with the first question. How do you think you should spend your 20s? (laughs) I think you should spend your 20s like you spend the rest of your life, being curious. Um, Checking in with your own intuition. um, Avoiding calculating what the next step would be and taking risks. Um, But again, I don't think it's the province of just your 20s. I think your whole life needs to be lived that way. That's pretty good. (laughs) You know, I, I suppose for some people, the 20s feel transitional, right? They feel high school and college is over. For most people, families haven't begun or careers haven't been locked down. Um, but, but my hope and my invitation would be all your decades should be filled with curiosity and being able to follow intuitive things that don't look logical at first blush. Some people call that following your passion, following your heart. Um, I think so many of the things that I've done in my life when I look back have been unplanned, whimsical, a word, a book, a friend, something. Hmm. Something drew me there, and I followed that. We, uh, we had, uh, I think, a brunch uh, before I left for Vietnam. And one of the things that you talked about was how almost every single decision or transition that was been made, you made because of a magazine. <laughs> Can you talk about that briefly? Well, you know, at, at one point in my life, I read an article on sports massage therapy, how athletes benefit from massage techniques. I'd never had a massage in my life, so I decided to go to massage school. And I did. And then I ended up having a career for 15 years doing massage. Same thing with graduate school. When I wanted to go back and get my doctorate, I was reading an article about a school in California. And it wasn't so much the article, it was the photographs of the campus. I said, I'm going to that school. I knew nothing about it. And I did, I went there, got my doctorate. It was a great decision. Hmm. But you know, it's, 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 it's the capacity to have those images or those stories in those magazines elicit something or resonate somewhere. Um, and that's what I follow. I follow what resonates. and I follow what I find compelling. So you think then that would be a message for someone who's recently graduated or just anyone, as you said, at any stage of life? Just follow what sort of speaks to you. 
Yes, I think we should trust our intuition. We get bogged down a lot by trying to calculate the plus column and the minus column. Should I move here? Should I marry this person? Should I take this job? If, if our calculus is only plus and minus, I think we've lost the heart of the situation. I would follow the heart. Hmm. So when you were my age, did you feel lost? Not at all. <laughs> I felt like I was in the middle of a great adventure. You know, I was working at a free clinic. I was living in Tucson. I would go to anti-war demonstrations. The world around me was alive and percolating with lots of things going on. People trying to change the world. People trying to do good work in the community. Uh, it was hard in 1973, 74, when I was your age, to not be swept up in um, things that felt like they had a purpose. Far from being lost, I felt like I was in this incredible tumult of discovery. Mm -hmm. Self-discovery, political discovery, social discovery, male-female discovery, the natural world discovery, all of it, all of it happening at once. Why then do you think that it's such a motif within our culture that like people my age feel lost. That's an interesting question. Unlike when I was your age and the 60s were happening, uh, your generation is faced with things that we've never faced before. Climate change being a huge factor. It's, it's, I think it's hard to if I was 23, I think I would find it hard to imagine getting to my future if somebody was always publishing reports that in 12 years the world is going to change or we're going to reach a tipping point or we're going to reach a can't-go-backwards point or can't-save-the-planet point. That weighs, I think that weighs heavy. It weighs heavy on the culture as a whole, but I think it weighs heavy on anyone trying to imagine a future. I think I would feel a little lost or a little unsure uh, if I was 23 and that was the story that the planet was telling me. Mm -hmm. Because the other, the other thing that I, I wonder too is like how much social media and just access to information in general can make us feel more indecisive and then therefore lost. Because there's like in some ways, there's never been more options. We've never been aware of so many options yeah, I as think, we are today. I think that's a, that is a dilemma. Uh, I, I, and looking back on my 20s, I don't recall there being fewer options. I mean, the culture is always trying to steer people in, back into the culture. Get that job, get that family, get that house, get that car, get that cubicle, get the corner office with the window looking out at the Bridger Mountains. Um, that, that, that demand is, is what the culture does. And how we navigate that, how we resist that, how we morph that um, ends up being what our lives are. What are your thoughts on how to deal with that pressure? Well, make sure that it's something you really want. I mean, you can actually want what the society wants, and that's fine. 
But if you're feeling resistance, if you're feeling sluggish, if you're feeling questioning, I think we have to delve into those things. We have to say, is this for real? Is this the, is this the narrative that I want to follow? Um, so there's some uh, critical thinking involved in that. We, we have to be critical thinkers about our own journey. And I think, I love this quote that's attributed to Goethe, that once you make a step, the universe responds by um, reorganizing itself to help you make further steps. When we calculate, when we do plus and minus, when we add things up, it just feels a lot deader. It feels a lot like a flat line. Mm. Um, and I don't think that's any service to living a full life, an exciting life. Mm. Right. It's like the alchemist. It's like good, good the universe will conspire to... I can't remember the exact quote, but... Yeah, to support you or to yeah. give you further steps to go in that direction. And it's also... We have a strange culture. We don't like to fail, quote-unquote. But I think there's great beauty in taking a journey down a, down a road that ends up in a dead end, and you go, wow, that's interesting. All right, got to do something different. But if we fear the dead end before we start down the path, we'll, <laughs> we'll never explore very much. We'll always look for the guarantees. We'll look for the, for the key to the door. And sometimes there's no key and there's no door. It's a brick wall. And you have to, your life demands that you deal with that. Awesome. Um, how much value would you place on making or saving money when you're in your 20s? <laughs> Considering I'm a non-tenure track professor, not making very much money, not that much. Um, and again, in my 20s, the world was in great turmoil. You know, we weren't supposed to trust anyone over 30. We weren't sure if uh, the world would end with fire or ice. We weren't sure if a uh, nuclear war would happen. So in my 20s, it was, it was the furthest thing from my mind to make money, save money, find a job with a retirement plan. Um, the youth culture of my, of my day wasn't really thinking about that. And so I, I never placed a lot, a lot of stock in that. And I don't regret that. But it wasn't the foremost thing in my mind. The foremost thing in my mind was participating in the social upheaval, however that looked. So this is a bit of a tangent, but I just, sometimes hearing you talk about this time uh, in the world, um, it's almost like nostalgic, and I'm almost like wondering if, I mean, granted, there's a lot of really exciting things about this time period. Yes. Uh, as someone who's sort of, who spends a lot of time with university students, who are, who spends a lot of time seeing people who are upset about the state of the world and probably think similar to the way that you did when you were 23. Mm -hmm. um, do you think this is a more or less exciting time to be alive than, than, <laughs> when, you, than when you were in your 20s? I think it's uh, equally as exciting. I think the, you know, there's, I was talking to someone the other day and we were discussing the analogy between my generation's 
nuclear anxiety and your generation's climate anxiety as, as analogous. I think what's missing in the excitement that, that we have the potential to plug into right now is the society is not in upheaval. It's mostly all of us as individuals trying to figure out how to participate, how to do something good, how to serve the community, how to be a good person in the plan on the planet. But there's no support from the larger culture. It's not exploding. It's not fractured. It's not calling into question uh, life as we're living it on such a massive scale. And that makes everyone feel more like an individual than part of something. And that's fine, because when I deal with freshmen, every freshman that I know is trying to figure out how to be a good human, how to participate in their community at some level. Maybe some of them are thinking bigger than community. Maybe it's the country. Maybe it's the world. All those energies are there. Maybe that's just part of being young or part of being aware. I think what's missing and what was different when I was growing up is uh, the whole planet was in upheaval. And that meant critical thinking on a global scale. You couldn't open a newspaper, you couldn't turn on a radio or watch a television show without the world being blasted at you. Mm. All right. Uh, how much value would you place on travel, new experiences, trying new things in your 20s? <laughs> Maximum value. <laughs> I know that's kind of like a <laughs> <laughs> I mean I did I you know I I didn't travel globally as much as I probably would have liked but I I mean I was traveling all over the United States moving around doing different stuff participating in different things I mean, if the 20s are going to be a transition to anything, they, 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 I think they should be spent um, exploring the world, exploring our relationships to the world and to each other. Um, max out on that. Let's not get stagnant in our 20s. You know, whether it's going to Vietnam or, you know, going to Yellowstone Park or all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. We got to do that. I mean, it's true that the poet William Blake says you can find the world in a single grain of sand, and I think there's something profound and poetic about that to also be radically present wherever you are. But I don't think that mitigates against exploring Mm -hmm. and traveling and rubbing shoulders with different cultures and other humans. Mm -hmm. Do you recommend trying many things or focusing more deeply on a few? Because I think this is... I wonder, too, if... My perception about people my age is obviously through my lens. Right. And I'm someone who maybe takes things too seriously sometimes. And, <laughs> and, um, and so I think there's a lot of pressure just from the, the people that I read, from you know, the blogs that I read, from my network um, to like specialize in something at some point, right? It's like if you want to be world class in something, you have to specialize in something. Uh, and I've always struggled with that a bit because I'm I like a lot of different things. And I like to sort of spread myself thin. Hmm. Um, what are your What are your thoughts on that? Versus like, 
being more of a generalist versus specializing? Well, I get for me in my life they've they've actually danced together. I mean, I've tried a lot of different things, but when I found something that I found compelling, I maxed out on that. I I sucked the juice from that plum or pear to the max. I mean, I didn't know I was going to be a massage therapist until it happened, and I spent 15 years maxing out on that, getting every single thing possible that I could out of that that made sense to me, and then I moved on. So I think there's a way to, I mean, you have to explore many things, I think, unless something is just so compelling that you cannot say no, and that's following a different invitation, and that's fine. But I think we should try many things and, and um, get the most out of each one. So that's what, that's what I would do. It's like sniff the flowers, land on one, drink the nectar to the max, and if you're done, you're done. You may stay on that flower for the rest of your life, and that's fine too. But I, I don't force the flower, you know. Respond to its invitation, drink deeply, and if you gotta move on, you move on. I love that. <laughs> um, is there anything that you did in your 20s that you regret? I was looking at that question last night. I'm not a regretful person, typically. Doesn't seem like it. <laughs> I've had so many great adventures and uh, so many fascinating relationships, friendships, and, and, and more intimate relationships. I can't think of anything in my 20s that I regret. I, I felt very alive in my 20s. Yeah, no regrets then. Hmm. Is there anything you didn't do in your 20s that you regret? coming from a different angle okay you're going to catch me you know I I spent a few years in the merchant marine uh, when I was just 20 working on ships and going to different parts of the country and a small r regret would be I, I think I would have liked to travel more overseas and I never availed myself of that except as as a merchant seaman right I was a I spent a lot of times overseas in ports and on docks. It's a different part of the world, and I appreciated that. But I, I think I would have liked to travel the world uh, more in my 20s. Hmm. Small R regret there. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is from my last question I had on the list. Um, you've already given a lot of advice. But if you were to give one piece of advice to someone like me, who's 23, fresh out of college, about how to approach life, what would it be? As you mentioned in the early part of the conversation, I teach a class on death and mortality, and I've spent the last 10 years of my life immersed in that world of um, death and dying. <laughs> my advice or invitation is treat every day as a potential final one live to the fullest this is vital at any time in our lives things can change dramatically so if you're alive and you're healthy and you're engaged you got to max out on that life is way shorter than it looks when you're 20 so I say live it to the fullest every single day with every single person that you care about
That would be my advice. My invitation. Carry death lightly on your shoulder and go through life active, engaged, lusting for the joy of living in this body. Yeah, it's, I think like that's obviously become like such a, not a cliche, but like... It has. It has, but I guess it's true. <laughs> <laughs> it has, uh, un, un, until it isn't a cliche, right? Until you have circumstances or things happen or you hear about things happening. And then it becomes suddenly animated and important and real. But yeah, it can be a cliche. Anything can be a cliche. But that, that, I think that's important. Maybe that's a factor of my age right now, you know, because life as a 68-year-old feels shorter. But it seems to make sense to me to, to carry the mortality lightly on your shoulder and go through life thinking, this day might be my last, so how do I choose to live it? Dr. Thomas Donovan is a professor in the Honors College at Montana State University, and uh, he's the author of a coming-of-age memoir called The Rail. It's his story of growing up in the 1960s in the Bronx. I want to give a huge thank you to him for agreeing to do this interview. All right, um, next week I'll be back with another episode, kind of like this one, but with someone else that I deeply admire. My name is Sam Kern. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Radically Different Podcast and at radicallydifferentpodcast.com. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. It feels really good to be back. All right, take care of each other. Stay safe. Much love to you all. I'll see you soon.